It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This is the Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Goodison Park. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Royal Blue Podcast in association with Sport Pacer. Michael Silva had no complaints about the defeat to Manchester City. He said Everton did not deserve anything. But let's see if the panel today have any complaints. It's Gav Buckland and Dave Prentice with me. And we are looking back and sifting through and trying to pull apart Saturday's defeat at the Etihad. Um, Gav, I'll start with you. Why did we lose that game? Not good enough, and, 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 but more fundamentally, I didn't agree with the 3-4-3 three, three, or whatever you would call it formation uh, we had um, which I you know some of that was down to necessity because of uh, Dressel Garnagay's injury but I think that could have been managed I think if you're going to play 3-4-3 three, three, especially with three at the back you would have players who know each other you know we're well used to playing alongside each other because communication is the key amongst the three centre-halves and obviously as it happened on Saturday as you saw the evidence before your eyes it was quite clearly that they're not nowhere near ready to play back three uh, and that was shown in, in two of the three goals. And you, you also left yourself with the two people in the middle, Sigurdsson and, and Gomez, neither of whom is a, can be classed anywhere near as a defensive or holding midfielder, which is a requirement of that system. And I think um, that led to the midfield being overrun, as you've seen, in like maybe the third goal. And Yeah, City, better players, and we discussed this on Friday, better players, more mature team. In terms of how long they played against each other, but we made it quite easy for them. Preno is the formation at the heart of the defeat. Um, I mean, for the first fifteen minutes, it felt like everything was was working working well. Yeah, I think to replay Manchester City, full stop. I mean, just when I saw their substitutes bench, I just thought, oh my word, you know. So what kind of a challenge have we got here? They're an absolutely exceptional side. You know, one of the best in Premier League history. Um, you know, over 100 points last season and on target to do that this season. So to get anything against Man City, you've got to be absolutely as near as possible to perfection on the day as you can muster and have a little bit of luck as well. And Everton were far from perfect. I mean, the Richarlison miss was a huge turning point. And, you know, there were two options. He could have headed it or the fact that he elected not to head it. He could have let the ball drop a little further. And, you know, so I hit the ball more sweetly. But he took it quickly. He snatched at it, which is unusual for Richarlison. He's normally a bit more composed than that. So that was a, a massive moment. And as soon as that went begging, you thought, oh dear, you know, you need to take them. And then again, there were other opportunities in the second half with Charleston again, you know, so they, they could have done better. But they didn't happen. And then defensively, you know, silly, silly errors. Uh, obviously, you know, you were at the stadium. I was uh, in the office here watching it on the, uh, on the big screen. And uh, I thought Craig Bellamy was interesting at halftime. He actually pointed out Yerry Mina, you know, everybody was lambasting for the, uh, the clearance. Didn't blame him. He blamed Jordan Pickford. And uh, he said that he should have been more ambitious and pinged the ball down the line to Dean instead of playing it shorter to Mina, which is what he's been doing a lot this season. You know, um, Marcus Silva's asked both centre-backs to sit, you know, on the touchline, as we saw at Anfield, and it worked, you know, so 
okay you know, in that game. It didn't sit the weekend, and he, he thought that Pickford possibly could have been braver. But we're not picking there. We're actually picking little holes, you know, so in the performance because to get something against City, you got to be perfect, and we were far from perfect. But is it not fair to say, Gav, that we didn't actually face an exceptional City performance given their lofty standards, which they have set? Certainly, as Preno mentioned last season, I felt they were quite way below that, albeit yeah. relatively speaking. They're still a very, very good team on the day. Well, but as Plano said there, they had you know four of their best players on the subs bench, but they've still got you know enormous strength and depth, haven't they? Yeah, uh, and they haven't been playing well. I mean, we we didn't make them work hard enough, did we? Really? I mean, what didn't really have to play well on the day, and that's the frustrating thing. That, you know, it's, a bit, it's a bit like the derby the other week, and you, you were saying, "Well, what do you want? You want a performance? If you get P three one, haven't played really well in terms of like seeing the team progress, you don't mind that." But on 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 uh, on Saturday we, we 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 got neither. We didn't get the results. And we didn't get the performance, uh, and that was that was frustrating. I think the boss the, the key they had to Richarlison missing in in the first half, especially. Um, and it goes down to the formation. The, the players need to have a mature team to play that ty- type of system, and we just didn't have it. And and I felt when I saw it, I thought mm, this might work. But after about as you say, once they scored, you thought. This is this is not happening here. Uh, I, I thought, in retrospect, I know hindsight's a great thing. Is whether play carry on playing four two three one and maybe play Tom with uh, with Gomez. It goes back to what we were talking about on Friday. About how 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 do you trust your you know younger players? Uh, that would have maybe mean a more natural um, response. Um, but I've said all season. I said, I said when we were talking transfers that we one defensive midfielder short, yes. and have been all year. And, and he saw that. Did you saw the 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 the, the short fall of that on on, on Saturday? Bro, Gav mentioned there that um, he feels you need to be a more mature team to play that system. Are we caught in between two stools in that respect? If Gav's got a point in saying you need a more mature. Uh, a lineup to, to use that system uh, effectively. Yet we try to reduce the age of the squad. We had too many older players with with the re- requisite experience on paper to play that system. So what would, what do you what would you rather see? You, you know, has Gav got a point? Or I think we've currently got is it one of the second or third youngest uh, Start. starting eleven in the Premier League this season, which I'm pleased to see because modern football is so much about intensity and about you know so energy and you know younger players can obviously produce that more effectively than you know older players although there are you know exemptions that prove the rule you know looking at James Milner across the park who seems to you know just be going on forever uh, the system itself I don't didn't have that much of a problem with you know I'd, I'd said before the game I quite fancied three at the back because of Emerson's historical record of you know Success in inverted commas against Man City playing that record, um, playing that system, sorry. And, you know, I, I wasn't overly unhappy when I saw that in the starting lineup. Uh, but, you know, in practice, it just didn't quite work, uh, which is why it was abandoned in the end. Why that was, I don't know. You know, so is it the personnel not capable of fitting it properly? I mean, because Dean and Coleman look like, you know, wingbacks all day long. That shouldn't be an issue. The three at the back. I don't know. They seem suited to play in that system. Uh, I just think they made mistakes, you know. So you know, within that system, rather than the system itself. Yeah, well, that's well, both for me. They made mistakes in the system and the system itself. I mean, the other weakness with when when we talk about three in the back, and we've spoken about having me like three years because um, Roberto started playing with it, and then Cumin did. Played the three at Chelsea when we got beat four mm. five nil, didn't we? We did, and, and yeah. played the three when we beat City four nil. So yeah, it's the it's the it's the space on either side of your wide centre halves. That's the issue. 
is one of the one of yeah. the weak areas because you've got no full backs. You either got centre halves have got to move out quickly, or your wing backs up deep. And if they don't do that, then the space. And he's seen that in the second of their goals, didn't he? Uh, and and that's a worry for me. Which both came down the same side, interestingly. Yeah, yeah. Which is, a, is, which there, is there a, and even more interestingly, that guy was hauled off. You know, yeah. so before the end. You know, is that is that was that a flaw? I hate to say. I mean, I'm a huge fan of Coleman, but those you know, we can't we can't hide away from the fact that his form hasn't been. No, and, and that's and just, I wonder, was he on Saturday in, in in isolation? Was he a weak link in that formation? Well, he, he is because and the, it's a wrong formation for him because I said before you don't have to play. People think when you play three four three that you you just move your full backs to play wide in the middle. You don't, you don't need to. You can have like two midfielders play there. Um, you know that that's a preferred solution. Um, but what if you do? Whoever plays wide in the middle has to have loads of energy yes. to be able to get up and down the pitch, either as a defender or as a as a supplementary attacker. And Lucas Dean, you can see, is what mid twenties is, and that he's fine with that. Um, Coleman at thirty, maybe his fitness levels are not what they were pre-injury, and as I say, combined with his age, it's not really a system that's going to going to suit him. Whether he can play ninety minutes in that system, I would doubt. Considering at the moment he's quite clearly struggling playing ninety minutes in his, his nominal nominal role as right back, and I'm sure that contributed to it. But having said that, we we can see the two goals on Monday from the left in from the, the other side of the pitch. Mm. I think I think the last six goals he conceded in the last four night five of them being from crosses, mm. which is a, uh, the Newcastle goal was a cross, wasn't yes. it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, from Coleman's side, and mm, whether that's something that. Is a weakness that we need to look at, but it didn't, it didn't help Seamus at all. That formation on the on Saturday, I know, Silver must be tearing his hair out with his wingers. I mean, Richarlison aside, so we listed his, 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 his winger options Bernard, uh, Walcott, and Luckman. Bernard gets the nod, um, on Saturday, didn't really have much of an impact. Walcott and Luckman come on, Luckman particularly played well, Walcott did okay. There's a chance that Walcott and Luckman will probably start against Spurs because they've played well. Yeah. But the pattern, as you can guess where we're going with this, is they don't perform when they start and then the subs come on and make an impact. So what, what does Silver do? It is, it, it, well, it, consistency is a major, major issue. And basically, Silver has to eventually give up with them and say, that, look, I'm sorry, you've had enough opportunities, you're not doing it, I need to bring somebody in that does. I mean, Theo Walcott has started the majority of the games, but not produced enough goals, we've said that. Bernard has produced flashes of quality, notably at Leicester. We haven't seen massive amounts since then, um, but never ever looks like scoring a goal. And Luckman's the one who's most frustrating because he comes on as a sub and looks mm-hmm. like the brightest spark on the pitch yeah. every single mm-hmm. time. And yet, okay, he's only started the one game you know, against Newcastle, but he was flat and anonymous almost. And so is that, is that unfair? Maybe you need to give him a little bit longer, you know, more of a run in the team. I suspect we do. I think we need to give him a run just to see whether he can you know, rediscover uh, the impact he shows as a sub from the start. And, you know, give him half a dozen games maybe to do that. And if he can't, well, he's got no excuses then. He's, he's had his opportunity. But yeah, it, it's, it's immensely frustrating. And, you know, I think we're getting to a situation. This is all a learning curve for Marco Silva. You know, he's learning about these players all the time. And, you know, the players that he's brought into the club have largely been successful. Um, so, you know, I think that is an area he will certainly be looking at, you know, at the moment. And, you know, those guys, those guys are getting their opportunities now. And if they don't deliver, well, they, they've got... No excuse as and when they're replaced. I think we got understandably excited about Bernard early on, Gav, and, and, and yeah. 
you know, and I think he's clearly got a lot of ability. And, and, and as Prano mentioned, the assist at, at Leicester, which was obviously taken away from him, another story, obviously, <laughs> um, was a, was a, a real flash of his ability. And we've seen yeah. it in moments. Do we have to be a, a perhaps, you know, put our foot on the brake a little bit with Bernard and just say, look, he actually may, may need time to adjust to English football and, and to get fully up to speed for us to see the best out of him? Yeah. Or, or would you expect, or is it an expectation? Actually, no, Bernard, you've you've come on a free, but you're getting a, a hefty wedge every week. You've come from Brazilian national team, played in a very good Donetsk, Donetsk team. You know, should he be doing better than he is? Well, with that track record and that career history, of course, he should be doing better than what he is. Um, I think he's suffering from the general malaise that's mm. you know, front four at the moment, um, which doesn't help. And I don't think chopping and changing players has helped on, on both flanks. Um, but should, as an individual level, yeah. I mean, you just wonder about it. A couple of bad misses against Man United and Chelsea. Chelsea. Yeah, yeah. wonder how that sometimes affects players' confidence, don't don't you, you know? Um, it's actually Richarlison responds to, to Saturday. Mm. I was suspecting he might be a little bit of a stronger character having played there longer. So some of the stuff um, you hear from yeah. Richarlison, he beats himself up yeah. about uh, misses and bad performances, yeah. but generally responds well. So. Yeah, I think I think he, he's, he'd be more, I'd be more okay with him. Bernard, goes back to Penno's point, which is perfectly valid, isn't it? He's got, if you don't show that he, yeah. he can do the business, well, you know, Shepard's youth mate on the bench yeah. and get somebody else in so he's running out of time isn't he I don't think that now that, that thing oh he didn't play for ages his fitness is sort of needs to be up a little bit really applies he's now been playing what I don't know he's played he's played 9-10 games on the spin mm-hmm. something like that which is quite a lot of minutes um, if he's not doing it I, I, he's running out of excuses I mean, it just doesn't look like scoring does he no he absolutely I mean not only that when he does get in positions you don't have confidence in him. He's a bit like Babbitt in the headlights. I, I, I appreciate that left wing is where he's largely played. Certainly in Ukraine, he played on the left wing a lot in Champions League and stuff. Is that his best position in the Everton team? Does he need to be more central? But, but what do you do then? Well, I don't know. I'm trying well, that, to think how you get the best out of Bernard. Um, well, you'd have, to, you'd have to think long and hard then about Gilfie then, wouldn't you, really? To move Gilfie left with is not ideal, but, but ideally, what you want is Richarlison left, don't you? Mm. I think I think that's the one thing we all agree. That actually, in many ways, it's a spurious argument, isn't it? About Bernard, is that if Richarlison plays wide left, is there a place for Bernard anyway? No, no. It's keeping his R- yeah, Richarlison yeah, yeah. left, Gilfie centre, and a new signing in January. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so really, Bernard could play right, of course. Yeah, you know, he, yeah he could do. Yeah, well, he's, he's played right this season on occasions, hasn't yeah. he? Um, he's just. A, I go back to what Dave was saying there. Collectively, and Bernard is one of them. If they're not doing the business, either creating chances or scoring goals, then um, there's no place for them because there are options there. I mean, we've got a surface, haven't we? Have left wingers at the moment or people who can play wide left. Mm. Um, there's options there for us. Confirmation if it was needed that Michael Silver definitely listens to the Royal Blue podcast <laughs> was his selection of Dominic Calvert Lewin yeah. at Gav's request. Um, Gav, you got your wish. How did he perform? Um, yeah, I, th- I think in the circumstances, it's probably what's that TV show worst jobs in history playing up front in uh-huh. <laughs> Man City away is probably one of them. And I think Dominic, his weaknesses were exposed. You know, we could hold the ball better, and sometimes he, his timing of his runs are not great. But he got one chance and he scored. He's physically a bit more imposing as I. Got stick for saying on Friday, so I'm not going to bulk up. And I, I thought he did enough. You spoke about runs in the team. 
and he's definitely one of thinking. And I think he run that story this morning, didn't he? That actually goals, he might be goals per minute. Yeah, he's actually got the best record of any play in the squad. He's got he's five strike. goals this season, hasn't he? Yeah. No comps. Uh, I think since the start of last season, him and Gilfie have got the most for us, haven't he? Yes. Um, as going back to my point, we spoke about giving players a, a run in the team. Talking about Luchman, mm-hmm. I think, I think he did did more than enough to deserve that. And he was a little bit feisty, wasn't he, with his uh, coming together with uh, Fabian Delph. And I, I'd have no problems if if he said, you know, we'll play it over Christmas until you know the FA Cup in in January. I, I think he's a uh, a decent option there. Prayer Michael said to me afterwards that, that Dominic has in his his uh, his his words big big conditions to be. Everton's number one striker and be a future player at this club. Translation, please. Uh, he's got he's got the potential. <laughs> right, okay. I think that's yeah. what he was getting at. Yeah. Um, do you agree with him? I do. Um, do you think were you were you happy with how he played on Saturday? I thought he did okay, uh, and that's a lot better than majority in the squad did. Um, he could have done things better, as Gav says, but uh, you know he, he did he did all right. You know, so against you know the best team in the Premier League by some way. Um, Saying that slightly tongue in cheek, maybe given the fact that the second on the table, but yeah. no, I still, th- I still think that they are the best team in the Premier League, um, and yeah, he needs a little run of games, you know, to show that he can apply consistency to that. Now, I, I like him, you know, he- he's got pace, he-, he holds the ball up, you know, reasonably well. His finishing is, is decent. It's probably not quite as ruthless as Cheng Tosin's, but you know, he but has, in, in he has other three, things. Three headers in the league, exactly. Yeah, he has, he has yeah. other parts of his game, and yeah, the goals he scores tend to be. Decent goals, big goals, if you like. They're not cheap goals. They're not the fourth in a 4-0 win, that yeah. kind of thing. You know, he does score goals that matter. Uh, so I'd like to see him given an opportunity. And, you know, everything he did at the weekend suggests he deserves, you know, uh, to keep his place against Spurs at the weekend, which another really, really tough game for him. But, you know, you've got to do it against the top teams if you're going to, you know, re- retain a place in a team that has aspirations uh, to be in the top six on the table. Yeah, I mean, he was unlucky that shot in the first half. I thought that was onside. That. Was it well? Yeah, yeah he was I mean, offside, I'm, not, I'm not seeing that, but you know. Oh, don't talk Craig Pawson to me. He's no, dreadful. You know, mm. and uh, that was a good, good, uh, good movement and good shot, wasn't it? Um, yeah, I'd have no problem. I think uh, a lot, and that would enable us to play Richarlison in his. Should we talk Craig Pawson? Should we talk about how, oh, how it, yeah. poor he was? You know, again, it just uh, it got the impression he's like a typical Homer performance for me at the weekend. Just watching it, you know, from afar, mm. I just was so frustrated by you know so much of his decision making. And he got a decent view of that Fabian Delft challenge, which was no worse than Phil Jagielka's on the opening day when he couldn't wait to get his card yeah, out of his pocket. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas this one, it's almost like you know, well, I didn't see it. I'll just I'll just book them both. As I said in the blog, I think you probably put it in. If, if there's ever a confirmation that it was guesswork. It was oh, a booking for 100%, both players. Yeah. yeah. Dominic Calvert-Lewin, you know, rightly looked bemused, thinking, hang on, why am I getting booked here? You know, I've just nearly had my ankle taken off by this guy. And, you know, so and I've just got tangled up with him and extricated myself. And then suddenly I find myself booked. It was just total guesswork. And, you know, it, it irritates me referee, when you see referees that do that. Mm. Uh, they just try and keep everybody happy by, you know, so sort of punishing both parties and uh, he, he lacks consistency. I mean, not that that cost us the game. I mean, that was just like yeah. a, a peripheral part of it, but it, it was frustrating, very. I, I, I think there's a point, Gav, to say, actually, and, and look, absolutely no excuses for the last three results. But I actually think we've had a run of possibly three of the four worst referees in the division in the last three games, Mason, Friend and Pawson. Mike Jones still knocking around, I assume, as a ref, is he? Clive Thomas still knocking around. John Moss, shut yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I know what you mean, but I don't think we should. Uh, no, I'm just saying, should. I just think 
I just think if, as as official, yeah. there's, yeah. be, there's better officials yeah. in, the, I'm, in the league. I'm, yeah, there are. I'm not I'm not sure whether that's contributed to our results. The other point I'd say though about about Saturday, which I think we need to to uh, to bear in mind, is we, we the Hackney phrase we've used throughout the podcast this season about the development of the the team over over the over the season. And I don't think we can look at Saturday and be disappointed. I think we need to collectively look at those five tough away games we've had. And what, what's our general judgment of those five games in terms of the team? Yeah, I know. We've only had one, one draw, is it? One, mm. one, four, four defeats. Two goals. Uh, yeah, that was the only game I think we think actually deserved, deserved that on Saturday. Overall, I think if you if you them five games compared to what's gone on previous years, and I think even some of the Moise years as well, you'd say actually reasonably positive mm. uh, story to tell. I mean, we cre- somewhere was it 16 chances we've created or something. In, in I saw that I saw there, that yeah. tweet on Saturday. Yeah, yeah. And, so the, and, is it expected chances and expected yeah. chances, you know, defended. And the both statistics are significantly up on last season, but the big glaring deficiency is we're not taking any of those chances. Yeah, absolutely. Which and, is, you know, a finisher is needed badly. Which is a story of our season regards to whether playing the top five or not, isn't it? Um, you know, without taking the statistical thing further, but I will. There was something on Sky on, on their coverage on Monday night, which sort of screen grab off about comparing us to last year. We're yes. creating 50% chances more per game than last season. But our number of goals has only gone up by 10%. So yeah. our conversion yeah. rate has dropped dramatically. And I know some of that is can be, well, if your manager tells you to shoot from a distance a bit more, yeah. less likely to get on target and so on. It's not necessarily, you know, every chance is, is given that you're going to score. But that that... That's, that tells you really what your eyes are telling you really, that we're not really challenge, challenging the opposing goalkeeper into making top saves, mm. given the amount of, of, of opportunities we're creating, especially away against the big five. And you saw that to a degree on Saturday. But five five away games, reasonably happy with the performances. That shows the development. But you do wonder how long we can carry on using that as a... Not as an excuse as a, as a reason. At yeah. some point, it's got to change, hasn't it? Yeah. And Sunday's a good chance. The Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. This may be a moot, a moot point, and, and given Ashley's record against the, the top sides when he was here, it perhaps isn't as, as, as relevant. But and for, for some reason, perhaps because of his struggles at Manchester United this season, a few people have come up and asked me, would you take Lukaku back for <laughs> in it, a it heartbeat? Seems, it seems to be a in conversation. A it seems to be, yeah, and yeah. look, I mean, I would be astonished if it ever happened. But yeah. Preno, you take oh, hundred percent. I was a huge fan of his when he was here. Um, never ever hit that. I mean, a lot of people criticised his attitude on occasions and his his touch, which is no better, you know, so or no worse, you know, so Old Trafford, you know, than it, than it was here. But he scores goals. Uh, I know he's had a little bit of a you know a lean patch at United, and maybe playing with better players around him exposes his, his deficiencies a little bit more. But no, he, he was he was the best centre forward we've had at Everton. Um, oh gosh! In the Premier League, either. since yeah, I mean Louis Saha was you know a faded you know striker when he came to Everton, but you know so did okay. Well, yeah, probably in the Premier League era. Stats say um, that, don't they? Yeah, uh, yeah. He's just you know he's, he was on target you know to. You score a century of goals for us, you know, which would put him in the you know the very elite strikers of all time at Everton. Um, I, I would definitely take him back. It'll never happen, you know. Mm. So United aren't going to let him go anywhere, and there'll be plenty of clubs queuing up to take him, um, you know. So should he be made available? Uh, but yeah, he, he would be great. He was much much misunderstood at Everton, much maligned, and um, I think 
I can't quite understand, you know, sort of why that was. Clearly, he always had ambitions to play at a football club, you know, greater than and, Everton. And never once ever hid away from that. Exactly, he? yeah. So, you know, that, that was always, you know, getting up and winding people up. And, you know, he never really looked like, you know, he was massively enthusiastic about playing for the football club either. But you think of some of the moments he gave, you know, some of the goals he scored, you know, so in that time, against the big clubs as well, you know, people point out that he was a, a flat-track bully. He wasn't, you know, so he scored a reasonable number of goals against the better sides as well. Arsenal, Liverpool, you know, Man City scored goals against. Um, so no, a, a huge player that hasn't really adequately been replaced for us. Gav, you do, and again, I appreciate it. it it's a, Highly unlikely it's ever happened, but it's just as I say, it's a conversation people see, keep coming to me with recently for some reason. And fear being testing, wouldn't it? But yeah. uh, and I'm just wondering whether he's um, psychologically damaged by his experiences at Man United. Yeah. He comes across he comes across as a he's an intelligent fella, but be quite a sensitive fella. I think he's he's an arm round the shoulder type of mm. player, isn't he? I'm just wondering whether. You know, it'd be interesting to see how how um, how that damages damages him really, and whether he can. We spoke about before about psychology, didn't he? Strikers and stuff, and whether he can recover from that because he and the club are obviously having a bad time. But it just we, we need a striker. But I agree. I mean, at Everton, he was you have to look at last season, twenty odd goals was yeah. in the Premier League, twenty five. Twenty five, twenty six. That was struggling yeah. for a bit. It was a good record and just keeping yeah. off penalties. <laughs> well, yeah, I think uh, yeah. Well, there's a few players you could say that at the club at the moment, isn't yeah. it? Really? We're next in line to take yeah. it. <laughs> I mean, in terms of a wider point about Lukaku Preno, in terms of the profile of player when we signed him, we signed him permanently. I think what was he early twenties? Was he still a teenager? I can't remember. Yeah. Twenty twenty one. Twenty one. We we paid a club record fee, but obviously that's a relatively now speaking yeah. fairly modestish fee. In many ways, it was it was a quite a, quite a gamble from the club and, and Roberto and the chairman to sanction that for a young striker. But is that is that the way Marcel and the club have got to go in looking for this striker that we keep talking about? Because we can't go and get ninety hundred million pound players because of we're not going to make it off a of Champions League football at least next season and probably yeah. for, for the seeable. Is it got to be history repeating itself in that respect? I think it possibly has. I mean, you tend to forget, you know, just how much of an unfinished product Lukaku was when we signed him because, I mean, he'd been on loan at West Brom and he wasn't starting games. You know, he, he was coming on, you know, late in matches and, you know, part of Roberto Martinez's sales pitch was, you know, you're going to start games regularly and you're going to be getting 90 minutes because that's what you need, at, you know, this level at your age. And, you know, so he, he, he took that on board, uh, started playing games regularly and started becoming a much better striker as a result. Uh, so, we, yeah, we need something similar. We're not going to get, you know, the absolute finished product. You know, you're not going to get an Obama Yang or, you know, so... You know, the kind of players that you know, have been bought in the Premier League, uh, some are just gone because they cost an absolute fortune and they want Champions League football and, you know, see, they're not available in January. Uh, so, you know, it, it's going to need somebody that is possibly bubbling under, somebody that's, you know, a young footballer, you know, an Onyakuru, somebody like that. But, you know, so maybe, you know, so has, has a point to prove. Um, something that Marcel Brands knows about and that we don't mm. um, and it, it is a gamble then uh, but you know their track record in the transfer market so far has been pretty good so I'd trust them you know to come up with the goods if those kind of players exist in January Yeah it's an incest on this I mean I don't think Lukaku's the finished article still is no, he no. really as well um, but don't we want a finished article striker that's sort of pretty well known for where we are you know, like Cheng Tosin we need better quality but you know what I mean yeah. it's, it's, we don't want to bring somebody in who's young and, and de- developed 
you know, needs development. I mean, Onyekuru is like the most high maintenance yeah. transfer. <laughs> I only threw that name then because well, he's know, a youngster no, who's you know, still got plenty to prove. But, but, yeah. Forget he's still. Yeah. Is he still with us? I can't remember. Yes, yeah, yeah, he's still having some play. Yeah, yeah. Just can't get to work. Yeah, um, <laughs> you know, is that? Do, do you look in the Premier? I, I hate when we talk. Well, I hate it, but, but it's always uncomfortable when we start on the podcast talking about other players from other clubs, isn't it? But. We're not so, tap- we won't be accused of tapping them. So, so we're we're allowed to do it. Managers are. Experience with, uh, <laughs> Vardy, yeah. with Jamie Vardy. But, but is Vardy not 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 the at the other end of the scale? The absolutely the wrong because he's a short short termism. Yeah. That thinking was for me. Great player, proven that he could do it in the Premier League, and on his day, he's been absolutely superb in that that period. Absolutely. But he would only be good for us for twelve months, probably. Andy Gray was only here 18 months and look at the impact he had yeah. you know, so it, sometimes those kind of signings can make a massive yeah, difference can be I, was, I always think I'd say I'm not saying that we should sign him and that we would you know so if there's anybody out there who's a Bournemouth fan I always look at like Callum Callum Wilson yeah. Oh, yeah. you're not the only person yeah. who's mentioned yeah, that to yeah. me by the way yeah. you know who was, was, friend of the podcast Ronnie Goodless <laughs> loves him yeah, yeah. Um, probably because he bought Ronnie's book he loves everyone <laughs> books, um, somebody like I'm not saying Callum Wilson in particular, somebody in there's people in the Premier League who've got decent Premier League goal scoring records. They're actually on your own own doorstep, as it were. And so I look at Callum Wilson, and think like, mm, yeah, you know, because he's, he's done this, has he done this shit twice? Is it? So yeah, yeah. Um, so there are players closer to home who are actually then got decent records. And, and I think it's a good point, Gavin, and I agree. But then, if you're buying from Premier League to Premier League. There's a, there's a premium. Huge yeah, but premium, but, yeah. but the counterbalance... Bournemouth would go, right, 40 but, million. But, yeah, but the counterbalance, that is you know somebody can do it in the Premier League, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, that's yeah, what yeah, that's yeah. effectively what you're paying the premium for, isn't yeah. it? Than somebody who's been banging them in, say, in the league or the Bundesliga. Yeah, or, cool. They all come back to the strength of your and the skill set and the ability of your director of football and his scouts. Absolutely. I'm sure you don't have to pay the premium. Yeah, I'm sure there's loads there, but... I think if you, need, if you say we need to strike a desperately, that person has to be a finished article, doesn't it? Or close to a finished article and proven. You're giving up on Umar? I'm being yeah. facetious. I'm being facetious. Yeah, <laughs> well, yeah, well, there'd be some goals, won't there? Yeah. I mean, and, and I think I, I, I think we probably need maybe another young striker. Right, perhaps, okay. But, but I do think we need a finished article striker who's proven goal scorer at top league level in Europe, preferably in the Premier League. And I still think there's players out there who fit that. And it's up to uh, that phrase, testing their resolve, which, which is only ever used in life about yeah. buying a footballer, isn't it? You know? how, many, how, many, how many times have you ever tabled an offer? Tabled an offer, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Rescinded. That's yeah. a phrase you only ever hear. It's got to be done before the transfer window slams no. shut. Yeah, yeah, slams shut. Now, but in shorthand, proven goal scorer we need. Okay. Uh, before we wrap up today's uh, first of two uh, Royal Blue podcasts this week, just want to talk to the lads about the run of form that we're in. Last five games, one win, uh, sort of two two defeats, two draws. I think statistically, um, possibly the worst run so far that Marco has, has experienced. Spurs on the horizon, and then two games uh, before the new year: uh, Burnley, Brighton. But they're away from home. Prenos, we discussed where our form, you know, still pretty mm-hmm. been torrid for three years, hasn't it? How does Marco get us out of this? I think just by staying true to his principles and playing the way he is playing at the moment. I mean, I've said before on these pods that if Everton are ever going to break, break that appalling record against, you know, uh, the top four away from home, you know, the Arsenal, Old Trafford, Anfield, 
Uh, and until, well, I suppose you can see the Etihad now as well. You know, never used to be the case, but, you know, certainly in the last four or five seasons it has been. Um, he needs to just play the same kind of football that he's been playing, you know, because Everton are getting closer. And if they're ever going to, you know, get that monkey off the back, for want of a better phrase, they need to do it by playing that kind of football. Uh, they were very, very, very unlucky at Anfield. Uh, you know, Alisson was, was inspired that day. If only he had a day, that day like he had yesterday. Uh, you know, we'd, we'd have been... <laughs> Never happens for us, that <laughs> no, exactly. derbies, you know. You know, because, you know, the turning yeah. point in that game was arguably the save from the Gomez, you know, so header. Yeah. Um, but by playing that kind of ambitious, you know, positive football, you know, Everton have got the quality of players that, you know, one day will catch one of those top four, you know, so on a bad day and we'll get the results. And he's got to do that again. I mean, Spurs, that, that was possibly the the real eye-opening result of last season of the Ronald Koeman regime when Everton were absolutely taken to pieces at home. Uh, Kuko Martina, you know, he was played out of position by, you know, Koeman who said, I blame myself, you know, for, you know, not, not Kuko for his performance, but it was, it was a dreadful display. And uh, Spurs absolutely annihilated Everton that day. And it'll be a lot closer on Sunday because Everton will play just better quality football. Uh, Spurs are a very, very good team. You know, it, it's going to be absolutely, tough. Yeah. But, you know, likewise, he's got to play the same kind of football in that game. And, you know, so I hope that everything comes together and the finishing is more ruthless and the defending is, you know, so more clinical. And then the same again uh, in back-to-back games. But it's test of a manager then comes in, you know, how he rotates his squad for those two games because he's going to have to because you know, you're not going to get that level of intensity. And, you know, the games, as, as we said earlier, Everton have got less time to prepare for those festive fixtures than any other team in the Premier League. A hundred hours less than Liverpool to prepare for the fixtures, which is, it's just wrong. You know, so, the, you know, the, the last team to play and Spurs are the other team that suffers the most. You know, so Everton and Spurs are the last team to play on Sunday and then the first team to play on New Year's Day which is just a bit ridiculous when, got, when um, the lad's going to get the shopping done as well <laughs> <laughs> they'll pay somebody to go and do that for them yeah or, or do no, it online it's a very good point Brennan. It's, yeah. it, it, it feels in, in, you know at the end of a tough spell you know five was it five points from impossible 15 we're just saying how we're getting out of it Marco's probably looking at that and going well you're making it harder for me here. yeah I, I think that totally thing is unfair I mean yeah. surely in this day and age you know you send men to the moon 50 years ago you can organise a premier fixture list that's equal to everybody I mean you know you can't get it exactly the same for everybody but just around the edges there's you know if there's a difference it's acceptable but there's some is it 10 days some teams have got over Christmas for yeah. we got six you know like, that's wrong isn't it and I um, suppose and, as well and I, I was going to say Gav sorry to interject there Paul and some people might say oh well it's the TV money you can't complain but everybody gets, yeah, gets the same well, amount. Exactly, yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, Spurs are carrying a few injuries at the moment, aren't they? I just think these next three games are really key. Seven points, got to take. Yeah, take. I think, I think. well, yeah, I mean, I think I'd, I'd take five and, and beating three, but wouldn't be the worst, mm. uh, worst return. I just think, in terms of the well-being of the club in this season, I think I think the next three games are key, and that starts with a good performance on, on Sunday, uh, which is a home game against the big one of the big teams, which we've not had. Good point, and we which, will, which yeah, is we uh, which should be interesting a bit later in the week, uh, and uh, I think um, you just get it's getting to the crunch time a little bit in terms of our development this season, and I think we pick up on all the points that we've mentioned earlier on about changing the wide men and you know giving Dominic a, a, a game. Hopefully, will help. <coughs> you just get three games. You just get the impression, don't you, that there's a, a small section of fans. And I'm talking about social media here that yeah. are just starting to get a little bit. <sighs> Ratty, you know, they're, they're not particularly happy with the run of results, and so they're starting you, to point fingers at the manager. Do you, at some do you think players any of and, that, Preno, has got to do with? And I don't agree with this, but I can understand if if people were subconsciously seeing the parallels that 
the problems and the wheels fell off with Marco at Watford around this period, you know, a little yeah. bit earlier, and they struggled from November right through to January. Do you, th- do you think he still hasn't yet been able to shake that off, right, fairly oh, yeah. or unfairly? In- yeah, well, I think it's unfairly, but yeah, I mean, that will play a part in some fans thinking they will say, oh, it's happening all over again. I've had texts from, you know, so who I thought were, you know, sort of rational thinking Evertonian, you know, mates of mine who I think are completely irrational, talking about uh, after the Watford game. Uh, so if you're listening, Coily, this is you, uh, saying that, you know, so yeah, what, Watford, uh, we're, we're, we're no better than Watford and uh, our manager's no better than the manager they've got. Of course we are. You know, so this is a Watford team that was taken to pieces by Liverpool that you know so Everton ran you know Liverpool very very close I just think that got to try and you know so just keep you calm you know so just try and you know so see this through the, the quality of football we're seeing is better uh, than last season the quality of football we've got the squad is better than last season the tactics that we're using is better than last season we've just had you know a real you know so tough run of fixtures and we're coming through this and what we don't need now are fans you know so panicking and starting to get on you know the, the players and the managers backs and creating an atmosphere around the stadium which can be counterproductive it's happened before we've seen it in the past um, we just we don't need that to happen you know so we've just got to try and you know so keep the faith and just uh, you know so keep behind the manager and the players because you know we've seen massive improvements and a lot of areas of the football club this season uh, you know and I think we're in you know a decent position but we've just got to try and pull pull together yeah. yeah I know yeah I know I agree I mean it's different to Watford isn't it because we up until the recent poor poor form we're on an upward curve weren't we yes we're, Watford actually started the season Really, really well, and yes. then dipped, didn't yes, they? You and know, come back. And yeah, yeah. So they were a bit more inconsistent, but our upward curve has, has been good, which is what what we want. So um, I think it's a completely different scenario for Watford, and there's obviously other off the pitch issues um, as well. Um, but yeah, I, I'm comfortable where we are at the moment, and, and I think we all need to appreciate there's a massive job there to be done. And between so far, I know there's going to be things that have been done wrong. Him and him and Brands of like you know in terms of the recruitment, Premier mentioned before. I've done done a sterling job, both getting players in and out the club. But you think you think the impression now is like, in terms of recruitments and stuff like that, they've done the easy bit. They've they've covered the places that they needed Building to cover. Holes, I think I think yeah. it, I think this next sort of part of the the plan is that is the challenge uh, for them. And um, there's still because there's still three or four places up for grabs, which may be more difficult to fill. Uh, and uh, I know I'm, I think keeps the principles and hold our nerve. I think we'll be, we'll be all right. What we don't want to do is start panicking. I mean, let's face it, we're not we're not shit shipping goals, are we? No, I know we've a few foibles in the last three, three or four mm. games. Marco's but, not been happy but, about the way we've conceded. Yeah, yeah. but we've not not taken pace. Then I mean, you think about talk about the top five before we finish. Talk about our top five games against the top five away from home this season. Compare them to the top five those top five games in Roberto's first season when we ended up getting 72 points. We got be 4-0 at Anfield. 3-1 at City. Yeah, we got yeah we got a couple of... What, we, get, we got beat at Tottenham and Chelsea where we didn't really yeah. compete in either game. But it was doing fairly close if I yeah, remember. Yeah, we yeah. played well at Arsenal to be fair. Um, and and th- those teams now I think collectively are far stronger. You know, Liverpool are far stronger aren't what they were four years ago, you know, 13, 14 when we played them in the January. Um, and so I think... In that context, I'm pretty comfortable about it. Somebody, uh, said, somebody said to me, just, just before we wrap up, somebody said to me um, as we were walking out the ground on Saturday, they went, obviously disappointed and, and with the performance, blah, blah, blah. They said, I think we're going to hammer somebody soon. 
Yeah. Which is, it might sound strange, given, yeah. but I suppose the chances we created. And I went, yeah, I can see what you're saying, and maybe I, maybe that will happen too. Well, it was like Cummins' first season, wasn't it? We didn't mm. really. We went on that mad scoring streak, didn't we, from January onwards Unbeat, at home, unbeaten three, at home for a long yeah, time. Yeah, you know, we yeah. scored three, four, six, wasn't it, against Bournemouth? Yeah, six, three. That was then Lukaku scored a load of goals, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, so, and we we struggled for goals before the the Christmas period. So. Hopefully, it might re, you know repeat itself. Well, it comes down to the lack of a finisher again. Yeah, he really is somebody Absolutely. that's going to consistently, you know, so finish chances. Sigurdsson and Richarlison do uh, generally, you know, so the weekend <laughs> accepted. Uh, but plenty of other players in the squad don't, and you know that that needs to be addressed. You know, argument comes full circle again. And uh, oh, Gavin, clearly Yerry Mina was listening to the podcast on Friday, but yeah. I think I might go to his head slightly. Thinking, <laughs> I was thinking about uh, in the sixties, Brian Glanville, you know, the great journalist. He was the first person to, to get on to the fact that, oh, you know, players always scored against the former clubs. He used to call it the, the immutable law of the X, I yeah. think he called it. And I think after Friday, they're going to call it the immutable law of bigging somebody up on yeah. the podcast. Because yeah. invariably, he has a stink of the following game. And I was just thinking about that on Saturday, you know, having bigged them up. And about that, go future back to, captain, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah future oh, well. captain. That goes back to the system. Yeah. I, I mean, Well, if he's a future captain, he will have a blinder on Sunday. You would hope so. It would be yeah. a tough game, won't it? Yeah. Excellent, chaps. Really enjoyed that. Thank you very much for your company and thank you very much for listening. Uh, remember, you can rate, uh, review and subscribe to us on iTunes and the Acast app, so please do that. Uh, you've been listening to the Royal Blue Podcast in association with Sport Pacer. You've been listening to the Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.